Welcome to the Design Build Institute of America's Design Build Delivers podcast. I'm Kim Wright with DBIA in Washington. Today we're talking with author and futurist Jack Aldridge about, well, the future. Specifically, how we as design builders can prepare for the inevitable changes ahead as technology challenges our industry in a myriad of ways. What might have seemed impossible just 10 years ago is already here, and that's not even mentioning the technological changes ahead that we don't even know are coming. Jack's work is based on the transformational principles of unlearning, or freeing yourself from obsolete knowledge and assumptions as a strategy to survive and thrive in an era of unparalleled change. He was a speaker at the Design Build for Transportation conference, and he sat down with us to talk about preparing for the future. Preparation, from my perspective, it really starts with awareness, and we first need to be aware of how fast the world is changing. And I say the greatest rate of change is the rate of change itself. Virtually all of these trends are accelerating. And here's a quote, I think it is close to being a factual statement. Today is the slowest rate of change you and I will ever experience again. Tomorrow's just going to be a little bit faster. But the challenge for leaders is we have to focus on what we're doing today and just to get the job done. But it's really critical that leaders, at the end of the day, pick their head up and say, how has the world shifted today and next week and next month and next year? And train ourselves to look out to the future because of how fast these changes are coming. And the list of things that are that are already visible, not so far down the road, is incredible. It really is. I always say, the future is here. It's just not evenly distributed. All of the technologies I talk about bandwidth, mobility, augmented reality, virtual reality, 3D printing, robotic technology, artificial intelligence, big data, the sharing economy. They're all here today, but they're all accelerating. And so the really big change is still ahead of us. And defining, trying to get your arms around what any one piece, what any one of those could mean for your specific piece of pie. That's right. That the challenge isn't just to be aware of these individual technologies. The challenge is to understand how they're going to converge in some unexpected ways. The perfect example is Uber and Lyft. It was the convergence of GPS technology, smartphone, and cloud technology that allowed that platform to take off. And so the challenge for today's leaders is to say, what are the equivalent technologies? And I think they are artificial intelligence, the Internet of Things, cloud computing technology, 3D printing, robotics, these trends are going to converge in some really powerful ways that are going to transform how we do things. And we can do things completely differently in this new future. And I, and I love the, the difference between cynicism, cynics and skeptics. That's right. I, for, for me, uh, I define the difference between a cynic and a skeptic is cynics think they know the answer. Skeptics, by all means, be skeptical of the future, but skeptics keep asking questions. What don't I know? What don't I see? Is there a different way to think about this? How might someone else be using this? So they stick with questions. And this is great advice for any leaders. I always tell people, give up on answers, stick with questions. That the best leaders just keep asking better questions. And because they ask better questions, they come to better answers, and they create the future that much quicker. You know, and another thing that rings true is the thought that, you know, your, your analogy about I have, I have 30, 40 years of experience, and yet 
does that make you necessarily more prepared to handle looking at a future that you can't you've, you've never even had a glimpse of yet right i think one of the paradoxes of the future is that sometimes expertise is actually works to your detriment and it's because you think you know the answer but in a world that changes what you learned yesterday might have been rendered obsolete. And this is why the act of unlearning is so critical. We have to constantly challenge our assumptions and ask ourselves, how has my world changed? How has the knowledge changed? Do I need to let go of the old way of doing business in order to embrace the future? I know for a fact, one year ago at this event, I sat through a workshop uh, again, one of our smaller sessions, which are photo people are really there, the hands-on, nitty-gritty. And um, it, the, the topic was IT and technology generally and the conversation of driverless cars, which, again, is not, you know, even a year ago was not that far away. And yet, even there, walking out of that room, I heard, well, we don't really need to worry about that. There's no way that's going to happen. Our laws aren't prepared for that. Our states, our roads aren't prepared. It's just not going to happen. Right. And I think here's where history is such a wonderful example. Again, the taxi industry 10 years ago was saying, oh, strangers riding with strangers? That's never going to work. Who would get into a car with a stranger? Our mothers always told us not to get into cars with strangers. And now we're doing it millions of times a day. And that's just in the last 10 years. So again, it's just keep an open mind, say, how might the world unfold and have some humility that I think one of the things that people miss is the future is accelerating. And with autonomous vehicles, what most people miss is because they have artificial intelligence in them, every car is getting smarter. But that car can then share its lessons with every other car out there. So suddenly, every car is getting exponentially smarter. You and I become better drivers over 30, 40 years of experience. Well, these cars are getting really good, really fast, and I think they're going to be safer than human drivers. Uh, I think they already are today, but within a year's time, two years' time, without a doubt. That's when you look back in the rearview mirror and say, geez, when did that happen? <laughs> that point about the rearview mirror is a good one. There's always that little caption, objects appear closer than they appear. The future is a lot closer than most people think, and it is barreling down upon us, and we need to be aware of it. What's the, what's the best thing that a, a transportation sector leader, let's say specifically, could do to try to prepare his organization, he or, she, or she's organization, for what is, let's say, the short-term future, something that could be coming relatively soon. The best way to prepare an organization, this is going to sound depressing, but I think it's actually really powerful. I, I call it a pre-mortem. And as a senior leader, take your senior team and say, it's five years in the future and we're out of business. Now, that sounds like a really depressing question, but if you start with that premise, what it will engender is a conversation to say, what are the threats? How is our world changing? How might we be out of business in five years' time. But ultimately, the conversation will pivot to say, oh, if our world is changing and we want to still be in business in five years, what do we need to do differently? How do we need to innovate? So then it turns into a really optimistic question to say, are there new ways that we can do things? Are there new markets? Are there new products? Suddenly it gets really exciting. But start from a premise of humility and that you might be out of business. And again, let's just go back 10 years. 10 years ago, Blockbuster, Borders, BlackBerry, and that's just the letter B, all on top of the world 10 years ago. Today, all bankrupt. 
They could have benefited from a pre-mortem. And so can today's businesses. No matter how successful you are today, it's possible your world could shift quickly and uh, have some humility. I was thinking when I was listening to you, design builders pride themselves on their innovation and their collaboration and their open-minded willingness to bring a lot of people to the table, meaning looking at all of the pieces that you were discussing. So for them, I would think that this, this would resonate with this particular group. I think, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that they are, and they have been embracing and creating uh, the future for, for some time, but now it's going to accelerate. So they have to do it better, faster, uh, and differently. I guess I would just say, if I could end you on, on one note, is this. Or let me, uh, the future is both scary and exciting, and I understand that. But I've always told my kids, if something is scary and ex both scary and exciting, it's probably worth doing, or at least exploring, because you're going to, to grow. But at the end of the day, we shouldn't fear this future, because the only way to predict the future is to create it yourself. But the one thing I know, all the trends I, I spoke about, they're real. They're here today. But we have the opportunity to do things better, faster, more affordably, n move into new markets, new services, new products. It is a wildly exciting future. And we should be excited, but we have to create it today. Perfect, Jack. Thank you. My pleasure. Jack's message is a perfect fit as DBIA celebrates our 25th anniversary, not only by examining how far Design Build has come, but also to inform where we hope to go in the future. The past, present, and future will also be a recurring theme at this year's Design Build Conference and Expo in New Orleans, November 7th through 9th. We're expecting a record turnout. Early bird registration ends in September, so go to dbia.org and get that registration in today. Thanks for listening to Design Build Delivers.